Let me ask you a question. You're Stern Pinball, and you've been selling thousands of pinball machines every year. You've built an army of buyers. They want to buy your games. They want to accessorize your games. Why won't Stern Pinball make more toppers for these games? I really don't understand it. And even now, as I see people like hyping the Stranger Things topper, it's like already sold out before it's even out there in the world. And I went on Stern's website and every topper, Ninja Turtles, uh, like Iron Maiden, Jurassic Park, Avengers Infinity Quest, every single topper is out of stock. And then you go on the secondhand market and you see these damn things trading for well above what they're worth. And we know that Stern has priced these things well above what it costs to make them. So why is it? Why is it that brand new things, things that you want to accessorize your games with, why can't the number one pinball company in the world, which so many of the apologists keep telling us, like Stern needs to turn a profit, we need to support Stern, and here's the thing, everybody is supporting Stern, but why can't they make more of these simple trinkets that go on top of your game so that you, the Stern buyer, can be happy and actually pay a fair price for something that you just want to make your game look beautiful? They're witnessing all of this. They're witnessing people sell these Kiss toppers, these Ghostbusters toppers for thousands more than they're worth, and they're doing nothing to help you out. And I just want to say the first thing that popped into my mind, because I saw a dude selling three Stern toppers together, like a, a lot of Stern toppers, no games, three Stern toppers together, and the gentleman would like $5,000 for it. We're in this period right now in April in which there is nothing really significant to talk about other than this ridiculous price increase. All you rich boomers out there have to flex your money with stuff you don't need. We're witnessing it all over the place. It's not just pinball. There's no new games out. There's no new games that came out at Pinbrew this weekend in Ohio. No manufacturers are showing us anything really to chew on right now. So it's a period in which I think a lot of people are bored, a lot of people have money, and the COVID mental thing that has happened to everybody, I mean, COVID has beat everybody down to the point where there's a lot of cabin fever, there's a lot of money that was not spent on vacations, there's a lot of money that wasn't spent on this and that, on weddings, on that, you know, everything that you normally would spend money on when it came to out of the house experiences has now been kept in the bank. And for many of you out there, you've seen crazy returns on the stock market investments you've made, maybe some crypto investments. And so the money gets to go somewhere now because you made money for nothing. And we've witnessed an explosion in the pinball industry in terms of what some people are willing to pay for this stuff. But here is what I'm here to tell you on Canada's Pinball Podcast. I think that there is going to be a level set, a resetting, if you will. And I've, I've said it, and I've said it on my Facebook Lives. I'm going to say it here today. You don't need to get on this hype train at all. It's not a real thing. It's a manufactured economy of scarcity and FOMO working together, and you don't need to get on it. And it's so much more fun not being on this train. 
Like, it's more fun watching idiots spend $3,000 on a Kiss topper and not doing that. It's more fun watching idiots spend $20,000 on a Pirates of the Caribbean LE and not even going anywhere near that. My friend, I have a new friend in the pinball world. He just started collecting. Guess what? He bought a Pirates of the Caribbean in LE for $13,000 this week. So for those morons out there thinking it's $20,000, Here is the most recent purchase at $13,000. Now, yes, someone did spend $38,000 on a new inbox one, and that buyer will never reveal themselves to the world. And so for that gentleman out there who has that much money, congratulations. We will all make fun of you if you reveal yourself to the world. But I'm watching this. You know, I'm watching what's happening in pinball lately. And there is just this impatience. There's this anxiety. And I'm here to tell you, I think we're going to have to be a little bit more patient because I don't think we're going to see Stern's next game until the end of May. That is when they revealed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think it was May 27th. So here we are mid-April. And I think that maybe COVID pushed back Ninja Turtles revealed to a little bit later than initially scheduled. Because, you know, a lot of these companies would like to release their products around TPF, around Midwest Gaming Festival, whatever it's called. <laughs> but the thing is, there is none of that this year. Pinbrew is not a big enough event. We knew people were not going to come there with Stuff, but there was a new game at Pinbrew this year in Ohio. We saw the Pinball Brothers version of Alien, and they put it out on location for people to play in the Coin Taker booth. And I will say, it is nice to see that this game is finally shipping. But I will, I will once again sort of scratch my head as I think about the Pinball Brothers and what it is they're doing over there and how they're getting this game out the door. And I don't quite understand it. They go on a podcast in December and reveal everything about this whole thing. Okay, so December, January, February, March, April. Okay, so four months go by. Four months go by. Let me ask you a question. Have you seen a gameplay video of this game from the Pinball Brothers yet? You have not. We haven't seen anybody play it, yet it's out on location in Ohio. Think about that for a minute. These guys spent years getting this game back and in working order, and they couldn't find one person in Europe to stream the game or play it and show people all the changes and walk through all the things they've done in the game. And now it's just sitting on a floor in an Ohio pinball show in America. And that to me makes me scratch my head. Like what? Like you couldn't get anybody to stream this game and show off all the features in the right way. So if you really cared about this game and you cared about your company, and you cared about your brand. Like, what is this? It's just this, like, extreme laziness? Or you just couldn't do it? Or you just didn't know anyone who owns something called a video camera and a rig? And we know that there are a lot of people in Europe that know how to stream pinball machines very well. They then released an image of this game going to France. And there were initially supposed to be three versions of the Alien game. There's an, there's an SV, an LV, and an XV version of the game. Now, we know after their interview that there are no longer going to be three versions of the game. It's only going to be two versions of the game. But this made me laugh because this company ordered the cardboard boxes before they even knew what they were going to do. They already had in mind they were going to make three versions of the game. And yet now we're only getting two versions of the game. And, I, and I, I've said it before. 
And I'll say it again. If you go on Pinside, which is back, finally Pinside's back. All you guys out there who had to live in the normal world for an entire week, Pinside is back. And, you know, going back on, it was like, oh, man, it, it really did. It, it made me feel like this is a great resource, but it also is a colossal waste of time. And it is mentally healthier for so many of you out there not to spend too much time on Pinside because all the negativity, all the moaning and groaning, once you turn it off, it's amazing. You turn off Pinside and you realize nobody cares. Nobody cares about most of these issues. Nobody cares about Deep Root anywhere else but Pinside. Nobody is talking about the Deep Root calamity anywhere else in the world except on Pinside. Nobody on Facebook cares. Nobody on Twitter cares. Nobody at the local bar cares. Nobody at your barbershop cares. Nobody is talking about it but the same 20 dudes in this thread that keep bumping it up every single day. We'll talk a little bit about Deep Root, but you know what? It's like, I don't even care. I really don't care. So Pinside is back. And if you go to Pinside and you look at the photos of the alien machine at Pinbrew, at the Coin Taker tent, I will once again say that this game looks so underwhelming. The cabinet, the entire package with the silver armor, everything about it, the back box, nothing looks better than it did before they had it next to a hot wheels it doesn't even look better than hot wheels there's something about this package there's it needed like radcals it needed to have some love and attention given to this game it looks basic it looks standard and this is not what alien deserves why is it and let me just ask you guys this question why is it in 2021 with all the technology that's out there with all the printing services available you're gonna print your alien cabinet artwork on what looks like really dull and flat decal there's no glossiness there's no shine there's no depth to it why would you make it look like that you had two years to do it right and so that's what my issue is with this game. It looks so basic. And Alien Pinball, after all this time, should have came back with a roar. Like they, they marketed this thing like the beast is back. So if you want an alien, this is the other part. If you want an alien and you want to go in and get this game from Cointaker and the Pinball Brothers, a few things that I would be wanting to see right now. And this is another thing that after four months after they came out and said they were going to partner with this Italian manufacturer to make these games, here's the biggest question we all should be asking. Because sending a few games to shows and a few games out is not proof that you're going to get your game anytime soon. So why have they not shown us any video of the production line over in Italy. If they want to get people confident that if you order this game, you're going to get it sometime in the next few months, wouldn't the best thing be to show you that they have manufacturing going and a video and a tour of that factory? And I think they owe it to us because everyone else who ordered this game before was on a year, multi-year journey and a lot of people never got their game. So isn't that how you win over people's confidence? You show them the line. Now, speaking of winning over confidence and showing people the line, I know there was a Kerry Hardy appearance on another podcast in which he talked about his visit to Deep Root. And you should go listen to this. And I guess at the 90-minute mark, there's a link on Pinside to it. Kerry talks all about how they didn't see anything and there was no manufacturing whatsoever. 
And a lot of the stuff they were shown, they were very skeptical about. And because they signed NDAs, they couldn't come out of Deep Root and be completely honest about what they saw. Now, I think they did a good job, the Deep Six who went over there, simply trying with all of their silence spoke volumes that they didn't see anything, that there was no line, that there was no progress, that there was nothing going on. And here we are many, many, many months later. Remember, that was September. So here we are six or eight months later, still no games going out. And I just want to say the cons... Really? I'm so sick of all these sirens and waking up like this. <sighs> I'm so over New York City, people. I just, I just want to like... Let me go off on a little rant about this city. Yeah, I'm walking the dog last night and this dude is like, hey man, that's I got the same jacket. And then the guy lives in my building and he stops and he says to me like, hey man, how long you been here? And the guy actually expects me to say something like, like two months and like I'm brand new and hey, like it's nice to meet you. And I look at him and I say, I've been here for 20 years, man, 20 years. And he's been here too for like over a decade, lives literally above me on the fourth floor. 20 years go by. And there's no community sense. There's no neighbors. There's no like looking out for each other. And I've loved New York City as a kid. And I love like going out late at night. And I'll tell you right now, with a kid and with a bulldog and with a family, there is nothing, nothing more unattractive to me right now than city living in New York City right now. And I don't find it appealing. And I'm so tired of living without community without connection, without belonging. And that's what it feels like in this city. We all spend all this money and we get in these little tiny boxes and these tiny boxes are are worth more than major homes everywhere else in the country. And there's no peace of mind. There's no quiet. Here it is at eight o'clock in the morning and, and it's sirens are going. Garbage trucks are slamming dumpsters all over the place. You hear people screaming every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, drunk on the block. And I'm telling you, at 44 years of age, this is a little Canada rant. I'm so sick of New York City. All right, let's get back to Deep Root. Okay, but aren't we at the point where Deep Root Pinball is seriously just a problem for 130 people to worry about? And the constant piling on, the constant complaining, it, what's the point? Like, what is going to happen? I went into the thread, and in the thread, it was Jerry over at P3 Multimorphic basically getting in an argument with Aaron over at Fast Pinball about RGBs and daisy chaining the lights on games. Now, one of the funniest things in that thread is Jerry said something like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. My God, if there's anybody who should never say the phrase reinvent the wheel with regards to pinball, it's Jerry over at Multimorphic. Jerry, you would you tried to reinvent the entire pinball wheel and you didn't need to do it that way and but you know you go in this thread and it's all these people pulling at this thing and here's the thing we all know what's happening nothing nothing is happening if something was happening if there was some progress Robert would just share photos he would share a video he would share something that would keep these people's like faith in place but nothing so until they show something there's no point in talking about it over at Dutch pinball we got some news there is a code update for the big Lebowski yay after all these years and after all these people ripped off we finally have some code updates in the big Lebowski what's crazy about this code update is it's 0.55 
Really? Like 0.55? Now they know that when you get to like 1.0, as an industry standard, is usually when a game is considered done. Games can go past 1.0 where there's more polish and more stuff added. But 1.0 is like indicative of everything that we wanted in the game is currently in the game. Now, 0.55 of the Big Lebowski. What are we supposed to take away from that? That there's still so much to come? Are there more clips from the movie that are gonna make it in? Are there more modes that are gonna make it in? I think they've added some extra balls and some multi-balls and, and who knows what. But if you have a Big Lebowski, make sure you update your code because there is finally a code update. Now, is the same coder who did the game originally working on it? We shall see. I'm going to try and find out, but I'm not hearing like there's a ton more in this game. All right, what else is going on in the pinball world? So let's talk about American Pinball. I want to officially, right now, it's 8.14 a.m. on a Monday morning, I would like to officially invite Mr. David Fix or Mr. Michael Grant, the two gentlemen over at American Pinball, I would like to officially invite them to come on Canada's Pinball Podcast and talk to us about AP, about where AP is going, and about the future of the company and what games they have in the mix. And I would, would love to just have them feel like they can come on here and we can have a good discussion about American Pinball. Because as I've said in the past, and I think they agree with me, American Pinball makes a great product. American Pinball has missed the mark with themes that people want. I don't think they would disagree with any of that. And I think David Fix and the team over there now has a mission to bring out themes people want and make a quality product. And I'm rooting for them to do that. And I would love to have David Fix join the show. I'm going to send him a Facebook message. But I think Canada's Pinball Podcast is the place where they should come to convince all of us why we should believe in the new American pinball. And I think there is a great window right now for this company to release a product or get some momentum going. Because as I've said, I'm so shocked that none of these other companies are taking advantage of this window in which there is no new Stern game. There is no new Jersey Jack game. There is no new spooky game. There is no new Chicago gaming company game. Like right now is the window for everybody else. So we'll see if David will come on the show. And David, I forgive you for making fun of Canada. We don't have to talk about that. All is forgiven. Let's talk about the future of your company on the number one pinball podcast. Let's do that, okay? The offer's out there. And for those of you who know him, maybe give him a little tap on the shoulder and say, hey, Canada put out a really nice offer to have you guys come on the show. Let's talk about Jersey Jack Pinball, okay? Let's talk about good old JJP, the company with the greatest momentum right now in pinball. Like everything they touch turns to gold right now. I saw someone is trying to sell a Wizard of Oz, the uh, the Yellow Brick Road edition, which none of us wanted, which everybody laughed at because it was 11.5 and they took stuff out of it. Now someone's trying to sell one for 18,500. And this is the world of pinball. This is the world of pinball right now. Things that people didn't really want, things that the community did not value, are now being overvalued simply because they're no longer available. And I want to say this before I go more into JJP. The reason why a lot of this stuff, and I want all of you to listen to this, the reason why a lot of this stuff is not valuable, the reason why a lot of this stuff is no longer in production is because people didn't want it is because people saw that it wasn't worth it. 
And just because there is now something that says like out of production or sold out doesn't make it now good. But unfortunately, modern pinball is going the way of some of like the old arcade classic cabinet world where Major Havoc, which is the crappiest arcade game you could ever play. Like Major Havoc is terrible. There's a reason why they barely made any Major Havocs because they suck. And yet because they only made a few, Major Havocs are worth a lot of money because someone would walk into an arcade and say, oh my God, you have a Major Havoc in your collection. And guess what? Yeah, that person does. And maybe it's worth $8,000. But here's the thing. When you own a Major Havoc and you jump on it, it sucks. The experience sucks. Now, I'm not here to say like Waz sucks or Pirate sucks, but what's happening is this. A lot of this stuff is not worth what any of these prices indicate. The reason why a lot of these things are no longer being made is because us, the pinball buyers, didn't want them. And I really do urge all of you out there, and I mean this, the key to happiness in this hobby is simply buy a game because you love it, buy a game because you enjoy it. Do not buy a game because you're afraid you won't be able to get it. Do not buy a game because you think it's going to go up in value. Do not buy a game because you're worried. You're worried if you don't get that Willy Wonka CE right now, someone else is going to get it. Like you will feel regret or envy that someone else in the community got it and you didn't. If you buy pinball for these reasons, I'm telling you, if you go down this road, you will never be satisfied with pinball. Look at the honking of the horns. I swear to God, people. I'm not even going to edit all this out. You, you can see why I'm so done with New York City. I'm so done with it. I'm so done. <laughs> but do not buy these things for any other reason than you love them. You know, and I was talking to this new kid who just bought Pirates for $13,000. And he's like, well, what about Rick and Morty? What about this? What about that? And I'm like, well, first of all, have you played these games? And the first answer on some of it is like, yes on some, no on others. Okay, so don't buy a Rick and Morty unless you've played it. Start there. Now, do you love these themes? You know, that's the other thing. Like, do you love these themes? Like, it is so weird to me that you would have a collection of pinball machines unless you loved the themes themselves. Do you love the game? Do you love the gameplay? Do you love the pinball moments? Do you love what's under the glass? Okay. That's the way to go. All right, let's go back to Jersey Jack Pinball. So why is it that we are still slowly, slowly, slowly seeing Guns N' Roses unboxings? There are new LEs being unboxed. But here's the interesting thing is last week, Jersey Jack Pinball listed some jobs. Jersey Jack Pinball listed some available jobs with the company. Now, I want to read for you the jobs that they are looking to fulfill. I want you to ask yourselves, as I read these positions, are these not pretty critical positions to have filled right now? And are these vacant positions or are these positions for a second line? I'm not sure. Here's the jobs and here's how much it pays. And it's really weird that they give this like price range with the jobs because it's also close to each other. Prototype model maker for 60 to 70,000 a year. Director of production. That sounds like a big job. 80 to 90,000 a year. The bill of materials specialist, 45 to 50,000 a year. The mechanical design engineer, 70 to 80,000 a year. Quality control specialist, that sounds like a really important job, right? You're the quality control specialist and you're gonna make a whopping 14 to $15 an hour. 
Wow. Let's click on that one for a second. $14 to $15 an hour. Warehouse associate makes $13.50 to $14 an hour. Production support associate, $16 to $17 an hour. And warehouse associate. Okay, so these are like pretty much like entry level, like low level jobs. Okay, so Jersey Jack Pinball is looking to fill these positions. What's strange is these seem like very specialized jobs in the world of pinball manufacturing. And so, how is it that we're still seeing Jersey Jack sort of just like Eric's looking for people? Like his brother posted this on Facebook. Surely there's a human resource department that knows where to go or a recruiter who knows where to go to find people who are suitable for these skill sets. Now, it begs the question, did Jersey Jack expect to lure over more people from Stern Pinball's factory? Because remember, Stern is just down the block. And if there's anywhere where people know how to do exactly what JJP needs, it's over at Stern Pinball. Now, I have to imagine that Stern Pinball treats its people well that they've been making games like clockwork and the work is consistent. And I think that's the other part. Whenever I see the images over at JJP, they're always beautiful cabinets lined up, beautiful play fields lined up, but you just don't see the movement and the daily sort of like grind going on. And I mean like grind in a good way, like the gears are grinding in this factory and stuff is happening. I don't mean it like in a bad way. But Stern feels like it's very, very productive. And every day Stern Pinball is making over 40 or 50 games, which is incredible, right? It's incredible to think about Stern making 400 games a week. Now, over at Jersey Jack Pinball, I still think they're struggling to get like 50 games out a week. And they must be staring at the orders for Guns N' Roses. And even raising the price on the game probably didn't help them out at all because they need to make X amount a week, and until they make this many games, they're not gonna be even with their orders. And then it does beg the question is, when will we see the next game? And I don't think we're gonna see Toy Story now until maybe the very end of the year, but I think we're gonna see Toy Story in March of 2022, which is sort of super deflating if you're a fan of Jersey Jack Pinball and you really just wanna see this company get to the point where they can make two games a year where they can have two lines making one game on each line and they can get enough of them out the door so people are not waiting forever. Now, we've, we've beaten this like a dead horse. You know how I feel about it. Jersey Jack Pinball is a bespoke high-end pinball manufacturer. They are trying to win the volume game against Stern with the way they sell you their product. It's not working. It's never worked. And they need to figure something out. They can't have it both ways. They can't make the Bugatti of pinball and then open up the order banks like they're selling Honda Civics the way Stern does. It's just not working. It's putting more pressure on them than they need. They're selling their product for less money than it's worth. Everybody knows this. And they simply need to figure out a way to make it work better for them. Again, I just think they need to say, like, we're only going to make 2,000 of each title. They're this much money and have a go at it. 1,500 LEs and 500 CEs and that's it. Stop trying to make SEs. Stop trying to expand pinball. That's never gonna be where they win. Stern Pinball has that market locked. They have it. They're expanding pinball left and right. They don't need Jersey Jack Pinball to expand pinball. What Jersey Jack Pinball needs to do is just finally admit to itself that its customer base is wealthier, that it's not trying to make location pin 
that it's trying to make games for the home collector who have money. I don't know why there's so much guilt and so much aversion in this industry to someone just embracing that high-end pinball manufacturing status. They're putting so much more into their games, and yet they're trying to compete with Stern on volume, and they can't do it. And Stern's clobbering them when it comes to efficiencies, and we all know it. We all know it. You know, someone was talking to Jack, and he said Jack's vision for this company was to be more like Spooky. He wanted it to be a small, family-run pinball company out of New Jersey that elevated pinball, and he achieved that dream. Now, they ran out of money a bunch of times. They made a bunch of mistakes. There was a lot of delays, but ultimately, I don't think Jack wanted to get like 5,000 orders for a game because he knew there was no way he could fulfill that in a timely manner and keep the train moving and get multiple titles out because it's boring. I'm telling you, it must be boring to be over at Spooky Pinball and just make the same game every day for 18 months. There's just boring. On some level, you wanna have more diversity. I think two games a year is the sweet spot for any pinball company. Only Stern can do more, but for everybody else, Figure out what is the volume you can do if you want to make two games a year and have a development cycle that can absorb that, okay? And that means you have to be honest about your productivity and about your workforce, about your bomb, about your vendors, about everything. You have to really be honest. If we're going to do this and we're going to give our fans two options a year, which is not a ton, we need to make this many price it at this and make the themes this. It's that simple. All right, I was gonna read some user emails, but I'm gonna do that on the next show because Baby Killian starting to wake up. I'm gonna go soothe him. Hopefully this episode 570 of Canada's Pinball Podcast has soothed you a little bit. It's really a weird time. There's not a lot going on. I don't care about all these jacked up prices. I'm kind of really starting to sort of settle down and realize that pinball, it's not this thing that's like this hyper collectible item. It's it's stupid to go down this road. It's it, people are people are pushing it in that direction. But for the rest of us out there who have common sense, I think just avoid it at all costs and enjoy pinball. And I can't wait to get back to shows with you guys and have fun. You can hear the baby crying. We're gonna talk to you soon. We're going to get some interviews going. It's the hardest thing for me to do is interview people with a baby. It's just hard to do. Um, but everybody, have a good Monday. Episode 570 out. <laughs>